Lord listeners, welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks podcast. This is your favorite sexy librarian, Rose Carraway. I am really excited because it is October, and that means it is the Halloween holiday season. And of course, it is my favorite time of the year. And I have a fantastic story to celebrate Halloween with. Uh, But before I get to that, I would like to also present a poem and give you some news. So right now, what is going on over here at Stupid Fish Productions? I have been in studio for so many hours that I am surprised that my uh, vocal, I need a vibrator on my vocal cords because (laughs) my... I don't have a vibrator, but I have something else. (laughs) I got a couple. So yeah, I my I have been in studio like recording nonstop. And let me tell you, it's going really, really well. I have been narrating stories from Rose Caraway's Dirty 30, the audiobook, which will be done very, very soon and available in Audible. I am also more than halfway done with Rachel Kramer Bustle's The Big Book of Submissions, another 69 kinky tales. I am really excited about that too. And um god dang it, it's been it's been a busy week. I have got a bazillion interviews scheduled. Like as of today, I had I've got 6 interviews scheduled. So I'm going to be guesting on oh. uh, other people's podcasts and I think a couple radio shows. So um I'm going to put all of those dates up on the calendar so that you guys can uh Listen in on all those. All right, let's get on with the show. First up, I have got Jade A. Waters. There's a little story behind this poem. Her poem is titled Owned. And between Jade, uh, Maylin, and Tamsin Flowers, there was a little poetry sort of um, challenge that they gave themselves. I think it was a week-long thing. And um, I don't know if you guys went online, but online they posted all of these poems at their sites. And, you know, I'd stop by and read them whenever I could. And I read Owned and I thought, oh, my God, this poem would make an awesome voicemail from all the dudes out there that would like to leave a sexy voicemail for their ladies. This poem just kind of went deep and I really liked it. And I thought it would be perfect if Big Daddy narrated this. So, turns out Big Daddy did. We are going to bring you guys Jade A. Waters' poem titled Owned, narrated by Big Daddy. By Jade A. Waters. I tell you I own you. Then watch. The corners of your lips turn up in an eager smile. You tremble slightly, breasts heaving, belly fluttering. And between your thighs is the sweetest sight. Slick, silky moisture. Pooling, waiting. Ensconcing my fingers as I slide them inside you, now you shudder, whimper, whisper cries of, more, yes, 
please. You quiver around me as I follow the curves of your body inside until you moan for me. Then, and only then, do I come to you. Press every craving inch of me to the heat, pooling, waiting. Embracing my cock as I push inside you, I watch you shudder again. You grip me tight, and now your cries are mine. More. Yes. Please. Teeth bared against the perfect flesh of your breast until I tremble and fill you. Because in truth, my love, it is you who owns me. I know you're hot after that. I was. I would really like you to leave it as a voicemail on my phone so that, you know, whenever I can just push play and hear it and then get all tingly. (laughs) All right, you guys, that was Jade A. Waters' poem titled Owned, narrated by Big Daddy Dave Carraway. All right, let's celebrate some Halloween. I am so excited. You have no idea. I have been waiting for this story for months and months and months. I read this story um, in Tamsin Flowers' anthology titled Zombie Eroticlips. Number one, the title got me. Number two, the title of the very first story of this anthology grabbed me. Red Hot Zombie Cock. Enough said. I mean, I feel like you might get the story just in the title. Um... I love adventurous stories, and I like scenes, but I like stories that have more to say in them, and this is an epic story. I love zombies. I love The Walking Dead. I love evil. I love all things zombies. So I was really honored that Tamsin said, yes, you can narrate this story from my book. I'm not making any money off of this. She offered it up for free. But I would encourage you, it's only $3 in Amazon. It's an ebook. Go buy it. It's Halloween. Celebrate. Did you know that zombies were horny? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I do now. I do now. <laughs> so if you didn't know that, you will be very, very educated after reading this anthology titled Zombie Eroticlips. But I also wanted to say that Tamsin Flowers is an author in the Sexy Librarian's Big Book of Erotica. And I just wanted to share with the rest of you guys how amazing of a writer she is. Um, Her story in the Sexy Librarian's Big Book of Erotica is POW. It's Shibari Girl. And it's the story of a superhero chick who is awesome at capturing the villains with amazing rope-tying abilities. So um, it was really cool. And I'm really excited about this episode because... Jade A. Waters joined me on the book tour, and she read Tamsin Flowers' Pow, It's Shibari Girl. And 
everybody loved it. So I, I can just tell you right now, it has been audience tested and approved. Tams and Flowers is badass. So it's totally my pleasure and Big Daddy in my honor. We love uh, the Red Hot Zombie Cock and we are so proud to bring it to you. So sit back, get cozy, and here you guys go. Some Red Hot Zombie Cock written by Tams and Flowers. When the first wave of zombies hit the city, people panicked and then fought back. After, things kind of got back to normal for a while. The second wave of zombies was way heavier, thousands of them surging up the freeway like a slow-flowing river of filth, eating, eating, eating. We ran and barricaded ourselves into buildings, and then slowly we learned a new way of living and killing. By the time the third wave came through, we were outnumbered. Five to one, and then 10 to one. Now there are just a few small pockets of humans holed up in Zombie City, looking for a way out, biding our time till we can work out where to go. how I saw my life panning out. Before the first wave, four years ago, I was getting ready to go to college and build a career in journalism. Now, my education is survival. And my career? No one has a career these days. No jobs, no money, no bosses. Sometimes we barter things with other groups, but mostly we're self-sufficient and try to keep our heads down. Because these days, It's not only the zombies you need to be afraid of. Downtown, a couple of the towers have been taken over by marauders and gangs who will kill you for a blade or a stick of gum, or throw you to the biters for a moment's entertainment. So, my horizons have closed in, at least in front towards land. Behind us, the vast Pacific horizon rolls away in the direction of Asia and another billion dead men walking. And between that billion and our billion, 19 of us eke out an existence at the end of the pier. That would be eke out an existence rather than live. And no, the rides don't run anymore because there's no power and the restaurants are all shut for business. But on the upside, I have a lot of chairs and tables to choose between and a great deck for viewing the sunset. And the downside? Fish for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, 
and endless guard duty at the barricade. But the zombies won't venture into salt water, so beyond the barricade, we're totally safe. And bored to hell. I'm 18 years old, and this is my life. Of the 19 of us on the pier, three are blood relatives. My two way older brothers, Azza and Jared, and my cousin, Skylar. Skylar's my age, and though we hated each other before the zombies came, now we're best friends out of necessity. The other 15 are family by circumstance, and we're all just as close as if we'd grown up together. And that means we row just as much, and fight, laugh, sing, dance, and even fuck. And we each and every one of us know that we can trust the others with our lives, because it's something we do on a daily basis. But Skylar and me, the bond's even stronger. And though he's a year younger than me, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if we ended up getting married a few years down the line, if we survive that long. But after last week, I'm not so sure Skylar will. Hey, Marsha! Skylar's voice breaks through my reverie, and I blink up at his dark silhouette as he stands between me and the sun. This how you're going to spend your birthday, he says. Eighteen today, and you're just going to sit at the end of the pier and dream your birthday party? You suggesting something better? I put a hand up to shield my eyes as he slumps down next to me on the bench. He lifts his feet up onto the railings and lies back with his cap pulled down low over his eyes. Now, Sugar, don't get mad at me, but I'm going to ask you a question I'm pretty sure I know the answer to. Shoot, I say, layering it heavy with sarcasm. You haven't had any for a long time? Skylar knows he's right. If that's your idea for my birthday party, you can get fucked. And not by me. He shakes his head. Uh-uh, I'm talking about going partying downtown. There's a club opened up underground, strictly off the radar, where I know you can get some red-hot zombie cock, water your dry spell with a biter. Why does it even cross my mind to entertain this idea for a nanosecond? It's got so many things going against it, and so much about it is just plain wrong. Zombie cock? The risk of death by zombie. The risk of death by marauder. A skanky club, and I hate clubs, even great clubs, just for the chance to stick some zombie's gray and rotting cock into my sweet, tight pussy. Yeah, sure, I'd like to get back in the saddle. One day, when the right guy, who definitely isn't going to be Skylar, comes along. But I don't want to screw a zombie who'll probably bite my neck in the process and undead me. They'd chain him up good and make it safe, says Skylar, as if he can read my mind. Fuck off, Skylar. It ain't gonna happen. 
leave the pier at midnight, climbing down a rope into the shallow water underneath and wading ashore. The beach is deserted. The zombies don't come down near the sea. It repulses them. So we walk along the sand in the direction of downtown, each carrying a machete and with a small axe stuffed down the back of our pants. There's a full moon and a balmy breeze, and if it wasn't for the weapons, we could be taking a romantic stroll the way people did before the first wave hit. We have to head off the sand when we reach the river outlet, and both of us know that now's when things could get dangerous. We stop talking and walk as quietly as we can through the debris-littered streets. Eyes peeled for movement, a shadow behind a burnt-out car or figure in a darkened window, ears straining for a shuffled footfall or the familiar moan of a zombie hunting blood. But it's pretty quiet. Zombies like their sleep, and they mainly hunt at dusk. By now, it would only be the unsuccessful stragglers trying to catch a stray cat before they crashed out in a dark alley. And there weren't many cats left. Suddenly, to my right, I hear the scrunch of broken glass underfoot. Skylar? Over there, he says, pointing. Three child zombies roam like sleepwalkers down a side street, coming towards us. One of them sees us at the same time we see them and gives howl. Fuck, says Skylar. Run! They're only kids! I say, but even as I say it, I can hear other, louder howls in answer. As I break into a gallop, the city around us seems to come to life, and biters materialize from every shadowy corner and alleyway. We run down the center of the road, hell for leather, holding our machetes ready in two hands. I get the first one, a female walker, who lunges out at me between two parked cars. Her head rolls to the ground and smashes like a melon. Skylar takes down two more, and then I lose count as we slash our way across a block and a half before getting clear of them. Hundreds of hungry zombies baying for our blood, and we cleave through them with our sharp machetes and flashing axes. Another day at the office, in other words. Jesus, Skylar, I say, wiping zombie blood off my cheek with my sleeve. This better be worth it. Skylar just laughs, exhilaration coming hard on the heels of adrenaline. We're nearly there, he says. He sets up a steady trot me following hard behind, and both of us still scanning the shadows. But things have quieted down, and eventually we reach a barricade manned by a ragtag of surly-looking guys who don't appear to have seen a razor, a barber, or a bath since at least the second wave. Hey! yells Skylar to attract their attention, but they've already seen us and raised their guns. Whoa, guys, give us a moment before you shoot. I slip a little to one side so I'm behind Skylar. I don't like the look of these fellows. 
I got a free pass from the Z Club, says Skylar, holding up a small rectangle of white card. There's something printed on it, but I can't make out what it is, and I don't question where Skylar got it. He goes out on his own at night quite often. It makes me wonder if I'll wake up one morning and find him gone, or climb the barricades one day to confront his zombie doppelganger on the other side. But he's always back, never a scratch on him, and I long ago gave up trying to find out where he goes and what he does. One of the men pulls out a torch and shines it in our faces. I shield my eyes, but Skylar looks full into the beam. He's done this before. Ugh, it's you, grunts the man with the torch. After inspecting the card in Skylar's hand, Torchy leads us up a dark, dank alleyway and knocks a coated knock on a buckled steel door. A chain rattles inside, and the door opens a crack. Two for the club, says Torchy, and turns to go back to the barricade. The door swings open further, and an Asian woman wearing a distressed leather bustier and not much else looks us up and down. So you brought her, she says. She has the voice of a smoker, and I wonder where the hell she gets her cigarettes from. Skylar nods and then looks at me. This is Marsha, he says. Marsha, this is Honey. This is the moment when I start thinking that maybe this wasn't such a good idea. Having cut my way through a hundred zombies to get here, now I want to back out? Fuck, this is such a bad idea. Come on, says Skylar, and we scurry through. is underground and it quickly becomes apparent why. Long before we get to where we're going, I can hear the screams of zombies above, a pulsing beat of heavy metal. The bass thuds in my chest and the hairs on the back of my neck and on my arms stand up. I'm getting a bad feeling about this. But ahead of me, Skylar is practically skipping down the stairs. At the bottom, there's another long corridor And then finally, Honey stops in front of a pair of matte black doors and turns towards us. Never have I felt such trepidation as I do now, waiting for the doors to open on what I'm sure will resemble one of Dante's circles of hell. Good luck, says Honey. Thanks, says Skylar, and stepping forward, he kisses her, full on, mouth open, tongues. Good luck? Why the hell are we going to need luck? Skylar disengages himself and shoulders the door open. I follow him through, only to be crushed by a wall of noise and heat and smell. Zombie stink, like the rodent house at the zoo, but 10 times more pungent. It stings the back of my throat and I start to cough. There's a whiff of cigarette smoke in the air as well, and the humidity of too many sweaty bodies in a confined space. It's too dark to see much. Bodies and movement. I think people are dancing around us, but the crowd seems thicker to one side of the cavernous room. And it's from this direction 
that I hear the unmistakable guttural retching noises that the zombies make when they're about to feed. A shiver runs up through me, and I look back towards the doors. But they've shut, and I can't even make out their outline in the dark black wall. Come on, says Skylar. Let's get a drink. On the opposite side of the zombie crowd, there's a small bar, but even here, people are jostling for space. Skylar fights his way through while I take in more of the details, my eyes slowly becoming accustomed to the dark. The crowd is made up of mainly men, young men, more people than I knew were even alive and living in Zombie City. But there are some girls, too, and all of them have the hardened look of survivalists. Skylar appears at my side and pushes a glass into my hand. I sniff it. Bourbon. It's been an age since I had any alcohol. It's getting hard to come by. Happy birthday, Marsha, he says, touching his glass to mine. You've been here before? I have to shout to make myself heard over the music. Loads of times. What goes on? You mean with the biters? Like I said, you get to fuck them if you want. The bourbon burns a path down my throat and I cough, but it's good medicine and I finish it off quickly, enjoying the warmth that radiates through me. I'll get you another. When Skylar comes back, he gestures me to follow him and then weaves ahead of me through the crush to the other side of the room. I throw back my second bourbon to calm my nerves and step forward as the crowd parts in front of me. I don't know what I expect to see, but the reality is like nothing I could have imagined. In a pool of bright white light, there's a small stage. On it, attached to two St. Andrew's crosses against the back wall, are a male and female zombie. Their wrists and ankles are shackled with wide metal cuffs, and their jaws are muzzled. Other than that, they're both completely naked. I've never seen naked zombies before, but these two have all the required body parts, and, though their skin is already gray-tinged, they can't have been zombies long, as there are no real signs of decay. Their heads are thrashing, and both of them are roaring with zombie bloodlust. But what really catches my eye is the male zombie's cock. It's erect, and it's huge. Bouncing up against his stomach as he writhes against his restraints. See what I mean, Marcia? whispers Skylar in my ear. Wouldn't you like a bit of that? I'm shocked to feel the familiar tug of longing 
deep down inside as my muscles clench. It must be the bourbon and the fact that I haven't had sex in a while. It's not as if I'm going to find a zombie in any way sexy. The crowd's baying almost as loud as the zombies, and suddenly, Honey appears, standing between the two crosses. She has a mic in her hand, and her hips pulse with the beat of the music. Some of the guys at the front yell and whistle their appreciation. She smiles back at them and then holds up her hand as a signal for quiet. Somewhere, an unseen DJ turns down the music. Come and get it, she whispers into her mic, her throaty voice making the words sound incredibly sexy. The spectators respond with a roar. Who wants to try out this bad boy here, she says running a fingertip down the male zombie's chest. And this hot young thing. She tweaks one of the female zombie's nipples, making her hiss behind her muzzle. Just one lucky guy and one lucky girl. That's all I'm looking for tonight. She wants someone to go up and have sex with the zombies? Right in front of everyone? I whisper to Skylar. It's all part of the show says Skylar, but they keep a bunch more in the private rooms for paying guests. I've got one reserved for you. No way, Skylar. I shake my head. I'll watch the show, if that's what it was, but more than that. A kid steps forward, maybe 18 or 19, shaven head and ripped torso. He says something to Honey that I can't hear, and her face breaks into a wide grin. Okay, I've got to take her for Miss Z. She wraps an arm around the boy's shoulders and then brings the mic back to her mouth. Come on, girls. Someone's got to be jonesing for this great big stud over here. A ripple of whispers runs through the crowd and people shuffle and shove. Eventually, two women step forward holding hands and giggling. Wow, a tag team, says Honey. This is going to be awesome. Then the music ramps back up as Honey pulls her three victims into a huddle. Watch and learn, says Skylar, grinning widely. The volume seems to increase even more, and the two women step to one side. Honey grabs the guy's wrists and holds his arms up high in the air, like a champion fighter being paraded round the ring. He takes a bow and then turns to face the female zombie. Suddenly, the room is silent. Go for it, Mac! screams a woman. Mac steps forward, and from where we're standing, I can see that he's rubbing against the groin of his jeans with one hand. I can hardly believe what I'm watching, and I almost forget to breathe. After a couple of thrusts against his hand, the boy unzips his pants 
and wrestles his cock out through the slit, tangling with it until it's standing proud outside the denim. He makes a half turn to let the crowd see his impressive erection, a wide grin on his face. Jesus, I say, and Skylar puts an arm around my waist. I'm not sure I want to see this. Fuck her, yells a guy. He turns back to the cross and puts a hand out to touch the zombie. He brushes it quite softly across her breasts, making the zombie grunt and strain against her restraints. The grin has gone from his face and he looks completely fascinated. He runs his fingers down her torso, slowly, exploring the texture of her rough gray skin. Under his touch, she bucks, and the grunt becomes a moan that steadily increases in volume the further down he ventures. On the next cross, the male zombie seems to sense what's happening and starts baying as he, too, struggles to get free. Apparently, zombies have an epic sex drive, whispers Skylar in my ear, and I feel his hot breath on my neck. No way. True, he says. Just watch. Max spits on his index and middle finger and pushes them down between the zombie's splayed legs. It has an instantaneous effect, as if a jolt of electricity has been passed through her body. Her back arches and her head whips from side to side as she releases a full-blooded zombie scream. In the enclosed space, it tears the air and reverberates in ears and chests. Mac looks back over his shoulder at the baying audience, his grin back in place. Then he takes his cock in one hand and uses his other hand to find a pathway into the zombie's pussy. strokes his swollen head up and down between her lips, and then I see his hips surge forward as he pushes himself inside. She screams again, and the male zombie roars with her. When I look at him, I realize his cock's even larger now, and he's pulling harder against the bindings at his wrists and ankles. The crowd goes wild with catcalls and whistles, as Mac pumps in and out of her. And despite my revulsion for what I'm seeing, I realize that between my legs, I'm wet. Skylar pulls me back against his body, and I can hear that his breathing has quickened. He grinds his hips against my ass, and I can feel the bulge of a nascent erection. Out in front, Mac's building toward his climax, thrusting faster and harder, grappling with the zombie's breasts and even sucking on one of her nipples. He arches and throws his head back, though his valedictory roar is drowned out by the noise of the crowd 
and the baying zombies. It's a scene of complete mayhem as the audience surges forward and the air's rent by a loud cracking sound. I blink and things go into slow motion. The male zombie has split his cross in two and, now able to use his arms, he makes short work of turning the heavy beams into nothing more than kindling. Still cuffed at his wrists and ankles, he plows into the crowd like the Incredible Hulk, and there's a surge for the doors as panic takes over. Oblivious of what's going on behind him, Mac pulls out of the female zombie and drops to his knees in front of her. Tongue out, he dips his head between her splayed thighs, and I can quite literally see the orgasm breaking over her as he eats her pussy voraciously. Then Skylar's tugging on my arm. He's coming this way! I snap out of my slow-motion trance and into warp speed. The male zombie's bearing down on us, a vast creature well over six and a half feet, tossing bodies out of his way with one hand and tearing at his muzzle with the other. Some people run, but others are rooted to the spot with terror, not moving till he quite literally wrenches their arms from their sockets to cast them aside. The male zombie's staring right at me and coming closer. His hard-on is still very much in evidence. Red-hot zombie cock, and I can't tear my eyes off it. Jesus, Marsha, yelled Skylar in my ear. He wants you. He's coming for you. Without even engaging the brain, I yank my machete out of the scabbard hanging at my side. A flash of silver at the corner of my eye tells me Skylar's done the same. But we seem to be the only armed people in the room. The rest must have just come here from within the barricade. The zombie's only a few feet away when I take my first swing, but I fail to make contact. I lunge forward, chopping at his outstretched hands, and there's the ring of metal against metal as I slice against one of the cuffs on his wrists. A shockwave jars up my arm and I lose my balance. Next thing I know, I'm lying on my back on the floor with the dark shadow of the zombie looming over me. His muzzle has gone and he gives a roar as he drops down toward me, one hand now brandishing his cock. With a supreme effort of will over the terror that's spreading through me like a paralysis, I jerk my machete upward to catch him in the stomach. I know it won't kill him, but I need to slow him down before his teeth sink into my neck and his cock plunders my pussy. He's ripping at my clothing by the time he registers the pain in his belly. And he lets out another ear-splitting howl. I pull the machete out as he clutches at his guts, 
and the speeding blade takes off a handful of fingers as it glides past them. They rain down on me like confetti, and then I feel a rush of cold slime as the blade's exit eviscerates him. He crashes forward, and I roll to one side just in time. At the same moment, Skylar's blade flashes past and decapitates him. Only then do I dare breathe again. Skylar pulls me clear of the dead biter and pulls me to my feet. Let's get out of here, he says, and for once I couldn't agree more. We push and shove our way out through the crowd, and, as we're armed, they let us pass. Or perhaps it's the stink of zombie entrails emanating from my blood-soaked clothing that actually makes them draw back. By the time we reach the door, I'm ready to hurl. When we emerge into the cold night air, I smell cigarette smoke. I look around and see Honey leaning against the wall, panting from exertion, but sucking on a cancer stick nonetheless. Skylar walks over to her, while I take the opportunity to bend down and retch in the gutter. I think he might be angry with her after what had happened inside, but he simply high-fives her and laughs loudly. Way to go, Honey. That was some show. Honey drops her cigarette and grinds it out viciously under her foot. Show? Tell me, Skylar, how many dead bodies need their heads separating? Skylar shrugs. Not many, he says. We killed your boy, and he hadn't done much damage. He just wanted to fuck Marsha. I retch again and bring up everything I've eaten in the past 24 hours. Money back, says Skylar. She never got her fuck. I stand up and head off. Screw my cousin. When did he become such an utter asshole? He catches me up a few minutes later as we approach the barricade. He holds out a bottle of water and a clean, if somewhat worn, shirt. It's Honey's, so it might not fit, but it'll do for getting home. Gratefully, I duck into an alleyway and discard my stinking t-shirt. After swilling my mouth out and taking a drink, I rinse myself down to get rid of the lingering smell of zombie. Then Skylar and I slip out through the barricade and start our silent run towards the beach. It's just before dawn, and this time, the streets are deserted. Over a mile and a half of city blocks, we only have to dispatch two biters, both of whom are so addled they don't see us coming. Running out onto the sand, Skylar grabs my hand. We're safe, babe. We're safe now. I laugh, and so does he, running over the wet sand and into the water. The sea has never felt so refreshing or so cleansing, and we lie in the warm, shallow water as the sun rises over the city behind us. After listening to the sound of the waves for a few minutes, I say, 
Why? Skylar looks at me. What, have sex with a Zom? I nod. I just don't get it. Even those prime specimens looked gross. And their skin, so cold and clammy, like fucking a frog. Bile rises in my throat again. Skylar doesn't speak, but I can see he's formulating an answer. It's not about the sex, Marcia, he says eventually. It's about being alive, being in control, showing the zombies who's boss. They don't even know they're in a war. But we do. It's about as serious as I've ever seen Skylar, and it's kind of weird. But I know what he means. I know. Every time I kill a zombie, my heart sings a little at my small victory, even if the zombie has no understanding what's at stake. Since the second wave, people have become harder. Because it was that or die. Skylar's fingers trace a line down my upper arm, and I turn to look at him. In the pale sunlight, he looks vibrantly alive, healthy, and everything a zombie's not, with his white blonde hair and deep tan. His eyes always look deeper blue by the ocean, and I have a sudden urge for some life affirmation of my own. I roll onto my side and stretch out an arm to take hold of the back of his neck. He comes to me as easily as if he's been expecting it, and when our lips meet, they're already open. He's as hungry for it as I am, and he pushes me onto my back and moves on top. The bulge I'd felt earlier in the club is firmer now as he rubs his hips against mine. I push my tongue deep into Skylar's mouth to explore. I've been here before drunk, at family weddings before the first wave. Even when I thought he was an odious little shit in comparison to my teen girl sophistication. But this is different. Back then, I was just tasting boy. Now, I'm tasting Skylar, and I like the flavor, as tiny shivers run up and down inside me. His hands slide up inside the wet shirt, a warm touch in contrast to the cool water. Firm and reassuring. Yes, I'm alive. And so is he. I grasp his shoulders and surrender to the pull of his tongue and the gentle pressure of his teeth against my nipple. Unbidden, my hips tell him what I need, and, without taking his mouth away, without interrupting the insistent thrum of pleasure building within me, he snakes one hand down between us to release the tops of our pants. My own hands get involved, and then we're in a sudden frenzy of unbuttoning, unzipping, and wrenching wet denim down each other's legs. Skylar laughs, the clear sound of it ringing out in the morning quiet, and I can't help but smile. Will I do instead of that hot zombie cock? I answer with my hand, swooping down between us to find his cock and guiding it to where I want it. 
It feels so unbelievably good against my palm, and I can hardly bear to let go of it. But when I push its velvety head against my pussy, it's suddenly easy to let it go. Skylar raises himself above me on his arms and then gently pushes his way into me, sending a spasm of excitement through my clenching muscles and a flurry of fire rolling along my nerves. I rake my hands through his pale hair and pull his mouth back to mine. Slowly at first, he pulls back until he's nearly out of me and then powers his way just as slowly back up into me. His hips crush against mine and friction builds against my G-spot as he draws back. And then he streams back into me, picking up the pace, pushing deeper with every thrust until I feel he's going to split me wide open right there, right on the empty beach with Zombie City rising up behind us, glinting in the sun. Our orgasms collide and smash together as fiercely as our bodies, stiffening, shuddering, riding through us as we twist together on the wet sand. We're human and very much alive. Skylar rolls off me with a satisfied grunt. Then he stands up and turns to face the boardwalk. Two zombies stand, staring at us, hungry for our blood, but too afraid to come near the water. Fuck you, you zombie bastards, yells Skylar. You're dead already. For Stupid Fish Productions, this is Rose Carraway. I love them zombies, and I feel like reading some more, so I might go find some more zombie stories. Um, all right, you guys, hey, happy Halloween. I am so excited to have brought you the KMQ's first zombie tale, yeah. 
Don't forget that Tamsin Flowers can be found at tamsinflowers.com. If you want more stories by Tamsin Flowers, go to Amazon and buy the sexy librarian's big book of erotica because her story, Pow, It's Shibari Girl, is in there along with many, many other amazing writers. I will have more authors that contributed to that anthology coming soon to the KMQ. So I'm really excited to bring you guys those writers. Also, Jade A. Waters can be found at jadeawaters.com. And they're both on Facebook. They're both on Twitter. They are very available to you. Head over to Amazon. They are there. They have published many, many stories. Um, Also, by the way, you know, it just kind of dawned on me that Sexy Librarian's Big Book of Erotica is, what is it, 21, 22 stories. So it's like less than a dollar a day for amazing erotica. So for less than 20 bucks, you guys can go on to Amazon and get yourselves a fantastic anthology that it's it's got everything in it you know and of course it supports it supports everything that I do here so I would very much appreciate it if you did go ahead and and grabbed a copy of that book and don't forget to leave a review let everybody know how awesome it is um and if you do buy it and want my signature send it on to me I will mail it back with an autograph a little sexy note and a pair of big red sexy lips from me to you as a thank you Um, All right, you guys, I think that that will cover it. Don't forget, I'm available on Facebook. I am on Twitter. I'm everywhere, you guys. Just search Rose Caraway. If you want more audiobooks, head on over to Audible. I've got a bunch there. Just search Rose Caraway, and everything that I've ever narrated will pop right up there for you guys. Like I said, I've been in the studio all week long. I'm halfway done with Rachel Kramer Bustle's The Big Book of Submissions, There are another 69 kinky stories coming your way and Rose Carraway's Dirty 30. I am well underway with that audiobook too. So I will keep you guys updated there. All right, guys. I think that that's all, yeah? Love ya. Happy Halloween. See you soon. I'd like to thank the following musical artists. Nine Inch Nails, Roulette, Kai Engel, Kevin McLeod, Voodoo Child, and Yusuke Sutsumi. The feature credit song, Echoplex, is by Nine Inch Nails. And no, sorry, I had a little, <laughs> a little thing there. <laughs> and Yusuke Sutsumi. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>